All right, we are live, and I'm going to hit up Joshua here if anybody jumps on. Uh, oh, we will cut the beginning off of this. Let's see. All right, just send it to Joshua. All right, as soon as Joshua jumps in here, I will get him on. How is everybody doing tonight? I hope you're having a beautiful evening. <clears throat> We've got a great episode planned. Let's see if he's available. He should be jumping on. All right, let's see if he joins. I've got plenty of other people I can add, but I don't know why TikTok doesn't want me to just send this to someone. Suggested hosts. And he is nowhere on this list. All right, TikTok, why? Why are you so difficult? Okay, yeah, he should be able to go live and then I'll add him. This is only my second time doing this. What's up, 74 Leathercraft? Welcome. So anyway, we're going to talk about some magics tonight. Um, Joshua is going to be an awesome, awesome guest to have on. Uh, very excited to have him. Uh, he is a good friend that I've been talking with back and forth for quite a while. Uh, great guy. Great mind about everything here. And come on, let me get my internet back on. I had to restart my internet at the beginning. You know, you try to do something like this and the Matrix just starts acting out. Uh, Marcos, what's up? Sorry I missed some of your podcasts. Been busy with work and I'm at work now. Well, welcome, Marcos. You don't want to miss this one. This is a good one for you guys. Clock out early. Tell the wife you're heading to the garage to watch your buddy uh, do a live stream. Take a long restroom break, whatever you have to do. Um, this is going to be a great one tonight. So we'll be on for about an hour. Joshua should be on right about six. So I am uh, just waiting on him to jump on. What's up, Annie? What's up, Lisa Marie? So if you guys have questions about tonight, just drop them down below. We're just going to chill here in the studio. Uh, when Joshua gets on, just for my community, since I have just you guys here right now, um, he is, he's amazing guys. Like you're in for a treat tonight. Joshua has, uh, he's definitely going to get fired up. I'll tell you that he's got 
uh, huge mindset for God. Here he is. I'm going to go ahead and invite him in. Um, and he is just going to reveal so much tonight, I believe. Uh, or I wouldn't have. He's uh, going to bless our community here. There he is. What is up, my brother? What's going on, Jacob? How you it doing? It worked. I figured it out. I'm so proud. Yes, sir. Certainly. That was pretty cool, man. That's pretty cool. And now we're like side by side. Last time I did this, poor Derek was down here at the bottom. So I couldn't figure out the side by side. But <laughs> So yeah. we got a few people on here now. We'll, of course, we'll wait till you get some of your crew on here. I'm sure you got some regulars that want to join. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got about 230 people on here right now. Perfect. So. Perfect. Oh, that's, that's that definitely is awesome. Uh, well, good deal. Well, I guess we can dive in then if you're if you're good for it. We're right at about six here. So, yeah, um, Seven... I kind of gave a brief introduction of you, but I'll, I'll kind of redo it here again. I think uh, that bears repeating. So um, we are collaborating tonight. I'm very excited to be collaborating with Joshua. Uh, he's from Sons of God Ministries. Um, and your website, by the way, is sonsofgodministry.org. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, sir. Okay. Awesome. Yep. So if anybody wants to check out what he's doing, highly recommend it. He just has a ton of resources over there. Uh, he's a spiritual educator, um, and he specifically educates around the lies that have been taught in history. He started studying six to seven years ago with a strong persistence in knowing the truth. That's important to all of us here tonight. I think that's what's in common with anybody whether you're listening now or later in the future, you, you want truth. You want to find that authentic reality that's waiting for you. Yeah. Um, and then one thing is that he wants to educate the truth of our history and who we are and how every religion on the face of this earth plays into the Rosetta Stone that we call the Holy Bible. I absolutely love that, man. <laughs> yep, love yep. that. Love that, that. that. That's not my words. That's from David Vose. David Vose talks okay. about how the Sumerian tablets, the Bhagavad Gita, the uh, the Popovu, different books, they are all there to be yep. tied into the Bible because the Bible is the key to everything that we I, have absolutely. in religion yes. and history. So, yeah, you guys. Um, so, on my end, this is Jacob, also known as Cub Cooker. Mm-hmm. He's a faith worker. He's a spiritualist. He's a mentor, a light worker. He loves the Lord dearly. He has a very, very good story, very inspiring story behind what has happened in his walk with the Lord Jesus and how he has come to know the Christ more and more throughout the course of this past six months with diving into this stuff. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. so it's, uh, it's been amazing. He's, uh, He's a really good brother of mine. A couple of months ago, um, we got in contact and we've been wanting to put this show on for quite some time. And now here we are. So, And I will say it took a minute because I've been getting there. And I I just want to put that out there for anyone watching tonight, whether you're in my audience or Joshua's. If you're if you're feeling this message at all, don't give up on it. You know, it's going to fight everything that you've been programmed with. And something I talk about all the time is how we're programmed, like our consciousness is programmed, not just our brains, but everything about us. I talk about the four yogas all the time, our thoughts, our emotions, our actions and our energies. 
And it's really important that this is going to be like a seed that's going to grow through all of that and just put roots into it. So go into it with an open mind and open heart tonight. You may hear stuff you boldly disagree with, but just let it, let it sit on you because um, it will, will produce some beautiful fruit in your life if you let it. So um, I heard Joshua's message about six months ago. I had an epiphany in the shower. This is probably a good segue into your, your beginning with this, Joshua. I had an epiphany in the shower that, hey, I think that Jesus was talking about a different God because nothing that I was reading of the Gospels, I did a, a kind of a test in my life where I just went back to the Gospels. Nothing else, just the Gospels. What do they say? Void of any other theology, any other ideology, and my mind was blown. And I just I came away with a whole new understanding of God, a whole new truth in my life. And when I heard Joshua speak the first time, I looked up some of the concepts like Yahweh, not the Father of Christ, and my mind was blown. I found Joshua, and I found, hey, there's more people out there. And uh, so, Joshua, I'll let you take it away with kind of your roots, where you come from. Take us back to the garden, my brother. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Guys, so tonight, um, we've touched on this briefly before about magic. Is magic real? Mm-hmm. Is magic talked about in the Bible? Have we been deceived about what magic really is? Most definitely. Mm-hmm. And we can take this all the way back to the Garden of Eden. We can take this all the way back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. The serpent of the field, or the beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing we need to realize is the serpent came into the garden to give Adam and Eve the knowledge of good and evil. Remember this. Paul says a man cannot be made alive unless he first dies. So is that talking about your physical life or your spiritual life? You have to spiritually die in order to be made alive. What what is this talking about? We must go through much suffering in order to inherit the kingdom of God. You learn in which the things you suffer. We have to be initiated into the mysteries in order to partake of the fruits of the living God. Paul makes it clear, you guys, that first comes faith. Then through faith comes knowledge. Mm. And through knowledge comes understanding and your salvation because of obedience within Christ. If you don't have a background in knowledgeable things and understandable things, especially if you've been here for a while, then you're not doing your part because Jesus told us in John 17, three, that they may know the father, the only true God in Jesus Christ, whom thou has sent. What is that talking about? He said, you may know thee. we may know thee. we may have gnosis of the mm. guys. Gnosis is real. All right. So what are we talking about right here with Yahweh in the garden and the serpent? Basically, it's this right here. Yahweh created this garden to enslave mankind. This ties into the Sumerian tablets. Yahweh actually put a tree in the middle of the garden when the book of James says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God or God does not tempt any man tree in the middle of the garden when the book of James says you shall not tempt the Lord your God or God does not tempt any man. 
Oh no, we lost him. He will be right back, guys. I'm sure internet. I just had internet problems, so he'll probably be right back on. Uh, but as you guys can tell, he's got um, he's got a pretty pretty good handle on all of this. So I, I don't know what happened there, man. I don't know. That was weird. It just said disconnected, so it stayed on here. But you disappeared, and so but but here you are. You're back. So we'll yeah, I, I was on well. <laughs> So, in the Garden of Eden, this serpent could be a representation of something called the Nakash. And Nakash is a diviner. This ties into divination. But you got to remember something. Divination goes both ways. You have good divination and you have evil divination. Mm -hmm. All right? Evil divination is like what Paul said in Acts chapter 16 to a woman with a spirit of divination, which was using her powers to buy things. Okay, this is the difference. Mm -hmm. She was using her godly powers for mammon. This was mm -hmm. called the spirit of python. A python is a venomous snake. There's two different types of snakes. Like uh, Jacob and I were talking about earlier on the mm -hmm. phone. You have poisonous snakes and you have non-venomous snakes. Mm -hmm. There's actually more non-venomous snakes than there are venomous snakes. What does this mean? This is God giving us a representation that there's those that are good snakes and those that are evil snakes. Mm -hmm. Serpents are not always evil like we have been told to believe. Mm -hmm. An evil serpent is a serpent that practices divination for the good of mammon, like Simon Magus, who wanted to buy the Holy Spirit so he could use it for profitability. Mm -hmm. Just like the spirit of divination on that woman in Acts 16.16. 16. Mm. But you have a good divination as well. And the good divination is what Joseph used in the book of Genesis. In Genesis 44.5 and Genesis 44.15, Joseph is talking to his own brothers. And he's telling them about how he has divination, how he can use divination, and that he practices divination. Go look this up yourself. Mm -hmm. This is when he takes a goblet, a silver cup, and places it in his own brother's bag, Benjamin, just so he can bring his brother back. But what was that silver cup that he said he could practice divination with? It was a silver cup. You guys aren't going to believe this if I tell you. <laughs> the cup has water or wine within it. Mm -hmm. And what Joseph would do through this type of divination, he would stare into the cup and he would be able to tell the future. Okay. This is called hydromancy. Mm -hmm. All right. And Joseph used it. You can look it up in Genesis 44, 5 and Genesis 44, 15. Why is this important? Because this was a ritual that the Egyptians used, especially within the mysteries. You got to remember something. Joseph was initiated into the mysteries through a woman called Azanath, through her father, who was the high priest of the temple of On. What is the temple of On? The temple of On is the temple of Heliopolis. You can go to the Greek Septuagint. On is Heliopolis. Mm. Helio comes from sun or light, mm -hmm. whereas opolis means city. So it's the city of light. Mm -hmm. Well, who's known as the sun god back in those days? Ra. Yep. All right. Mm -hmm. So you're telling me. So basically what I'm saying here is this. If Joseph was in the Egyptian mysteries 
And Joseph practiced divination by looking into cups, which was hydromancy, which the Bible completely tells us this. Then that means Joseph worshiped the god Ra. Because the god Ra was the true God. Think about the word Israel or Israel. Jacob and I were talking about this. Go, go ahead and tell them about that, Jacob. Yeah, so uh, Isis, Ra, El, Israel. And if you think about that, that's the Holy Trinity. The mother, Isis, Ra, and El. You get El Elyon, Ra, the sun god, the light coming into the world, Christ. Like all of this esoteric meaning behind it. And if you think about Yahweh, what did Yahweh do when they were practicing these divinations and they were building the Tower of Babel before Yahweh scatters because he's he's angry at them at that point. He scatters them across the earth. He takes as his portion Israel, Isis Ra'el. He holds captive the Holy Trinity, the power of the Holy Trinity within each one of us and binds it under a law. Bam. Good. That's uh, li listen to this. You know how this is real? Before I got on this live, if you go to the book of Hebrews, I believe it's Hebrews chapter 2, it talks about how we were delivered from the fear of death because we were subject to bondage. Okay. Wow. First off, who's the one that always said he was going to kill the people if they disobeyed his commands? Who's the one that put the Israelites under his own control out in the wilderness and they felt like they were in bondage? Yahweh. Absolutely. It, it, guys, this goes so much deeper than people realize. But Joseph practiced divination. That's what we were trying to get at here in mm -hmm. hydromancy. Yep. Divination is the act to be able to tell the future. Okay? Mm -hmm. Magic is being able to manipulate the future and events around you. There's a mm -hmm. difference. Mm-hmm. So there, this divination was practiced by the true prophets because all divination means is to seek a divine answer by God, from God. Mm -hmm. Then you had evil divination, mm -hmm. which was false prophecy. Mm -hmm. Now, magic, on the other hand, like I said, was the practice of manipulation of things around you to manipulate energy and frequencies. Mm-hmm. This is really important because when we get to the times of the Lord Jesus Christ, there were these three magi that visited Jesus. Okay? But who were these magi? These magi f were from the east. It clearly says they were from the east. Mm -hmm. This means that they were Zoroastrian magi or magicians. Guys, it was the magicians that came to the Lord Jesus Christ, not anyone else. Okay. I hope you're understanding this, but where did these Magi come from? They come from Daniel because in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter four, verse 15, the prophet Daniel is actually the head of the school of the magicians. Wow. Gosh. Guys, okay, when he says this goes deep, let me let me just stop for a second and say this. One of the things I value on here is I value your your faith, your tradition, your religion, whatever walk of life you are. I don't care who you're married to. I don't care where you go to, do or do not go to church. 
as long as you're here, like seeking authentically, this message is universal. This is not something uh, everyone's been fooled with. This is what I'm saying. This is like this will blow your mind, whether you're agnostic, atheist, Buddhist, Muslim, Christian, Jewish, doesn't matter um, or anything in between. And so as we get into this tonight, it's literally almost like every part of what you think you understand about the Bible has to be reworked. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I can, I can tell you a couple of verses right now in our modern Bibles. I was actually listening to a video today by uh, a couple of Muslims that were walking up to different people out on the street, including Christians Mm -hmm. and ask them if, if if they believe the Bibles that we have today are the true word of God. Well, he got to the second book of Kings chapter eight, verse 26. And in this, it talks about how Ahaziah was 22 years old at the beginning of his reign. Mm-hmm. with um, his mother, a Halia or something, and uh, his daughter, Ophram, or mm-hmm. something like that. It was yeah. something of that nature. Mm-hmm. Well, the guy was like, okay, that makes sense. He was 22 years old at the beginning of his reign. Mm-hmm. But then you got to understand that First and Second Kings follows First and Second Chronicles as well. Actually, in the original translation, it was First Kings, Second Kings, Third Kings, Fourth Kings. Third, third and fourth Kings would have been first Chronicles and second Chronicles. Gotcha. Okay. So in this, he flips to the book of Chronicles and he says, Hey, why does it say Ahaziah was 43 years old at the beginning of his reign? How, how is he 22 years old when he begins his reign in one time, but he's 42 or 43 in this other one. Interesting. It's because the Bibles we have today are manipulated okay the bibles that the apostles used the septuagint was the inspired written word of god that paul talked about and Mm -hmm. mentioned in second timothy Mm -hmm. but the bibles that we have today they are not inspired like people think you have Mm -hmm. to dig for the truth you have to understand that the devil and Revelation 12.9 has come to deceive the entire world he has deceived the entire world Revelation 12.9 says this so what makes you think that by you looking at some paper on a page or words on a page mm-hmm. that you're getting the truth out of this? No, you got to dig for it. You got to search it. Jesus mm-hmm. even said to the Pharisees that you guys are going to take the key of knowledge, the key of gnosis and throw it away. And you're mm-hmm. going to make these people a twofold son of hell more than what you are. Mm. Okay. And he told them, he said, you worship your father who is the devil. Yep. I mean, it couldn't be more clear at that point. He said, my father is in spirit and in truth, and the day will come when you will worship him in spirit and in truth. I mean, literally, who were they worshiping? We know who they were worshiping. Like, we don't, you know, it wasn't like that they were going and hiding and worshiping Satan in the dark and then professing in the temple something different. Like, they were, they believed they were following the right law yeah yeah that's that's what's crazy about it because uh, jacob as you and i were talking about this we must learn in which the things we suffer Mm -hmm. you see eve and adam and eve had to take forth from the fruit of the garden of the knowledge of good and evil Mm -hmm. we had to Mm -hmm. because if we didn't we couldn't evolve into the higher beings that we're going to become Absolutely. Because we have to participate in this tribulation. The more tribulation you have in your life, 
it's actually, <laughs> I hate to say that it's better because it's almost like an unpolished rock mm-hmm. that has been trampled under, pressured, mm-hmm. crushed, so it can become a diamond, in other mm-hmm. words. Okay? Absolutely. And and it's funny you say that. I, I literally did not find this message that we're talking about until I suffered greatly. And I literally went through one of the hardest times in my life, losing uh, contract after contract with my business, everything after 2020, uh, losing friends, family members talking to me, like the whole nine yards. I mean, it it has been the most literal reworking of my life and my ego. And I think a great thing to understand this as is it's not just like suffering within your life. It's the death of the ego. And when that begins to to pass away in you, that is so deeply connected to your carnal flesh. Um, You know, like that ego of like, I have to be right. I learned this as a kid. This is the thing that comforts me. Yet I was operating on that and I wanted to kill myself. Now I find this and all I want to do is love people like genuinely not. I don't even have to think about it. It's just a new operating system, a complete upgrade. I even did a whole video on light codes the other day. I literally see different colors of the rainbow in light now. Like it's, it's actually a change in my being. And that's what you're not told at church is that you're stepping into a new version of self and earth and everything. And all this stuff people talk about sounds nice until you experience it. And you go, the Christ really is unlocking new levels of consciousness, new levels of life, new powers to heal self and others. He said you would do greater things than even I have done. Yeah. And where is that when we argue doctrine all day long? Where's that when you've got how many different denominations you guys want to know how, what he said was true a minute ago that we don't have the inspired word of God today. I have probably 10 versions of the word of God. Mm-hmm. Every one of them say something different yeah. in some key places, not just a few, but thousands of key places, a, yeah. enough of a change to give you a brand new understanding that may not be correct. That word of God has to come from within. <clears throat> I will tell you this much though. There are word, there are words in that Bible that have not changed Amen. Amen. And those are the words of Jesus. Yes. Yes. Because Jesus even made it clear in Matthew 5, 17 and 18, this world may pass away, Mm. but my words will never pass away. Oh, love it. Love it. Guys. Awesome. That's awesome. That's the only words that don't change. The only words that haven't been manipulated. They can't manipulate those words because the son of God himself God incarnated into the flesh, said it himself. And you either believe it or you don't. Yep. Because Jeremiah 8.8 even tells you that the lying pen of the scribes have changed the Bible. But the words of Jesus, they will never be changed. Guys, I I know you probably see my finger. It's pretty jacked up. Oh. Yeah. yeah, What happened? I was at the gym yesterday and... um. A 25-pound weight slammed on it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, lovely. Dude, and, you uh, got to do more yoga and less weights, man. Like, we, <laughs> come on. <laughs> my fingers are I, fine. <laughs> yeah. I actually uh, drilled a hole in, in my fingernail oh. today so so I could release the blood. But, oh, yeah. Oh, my god. Yeah. It sucked, man. 
but you're you're yeah. tough man like i i see you i see your instagram pics and stuff and like dude you're jacked like you you definitely got the whole physical like you're definitely controlled in your body and your life and obviously your diet i'm i'm very envious of that you're that's pretty impressive i, I could pre- not drill a hole in my finger by the way so <laughs> well i i didn't like use like an automatic like okay, okay. no no I, I just like dug into it a little bit. But okay. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. But it, <laughs> it, it literally felt like there was a heartbeat in my finger. Oh, so, oh. so before I did that, so thank God yeah. that happened. But, oh, well, I'm glad you're okay. That's ouch. ouch. Yeah. But oh. it, if, if anyone wondered about that, cause my finger does look a little purple right now. So. I thought it was the stream actually. And every time you would wave it, I'm like, is that like, is it glitching <laughs> or what's the deal? Okay. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything, you know, like, <laughs> so, but yeah, man. Um, so let's talk about Jesus and magic. So here's one thing that's fascinating to me. Um, you know, a lot of early paintings were depicting Jesus with a wand. Uh, and that's uh, like, again, and what we're talking about guys, this is not conspiratorial type stuff. There's enough of that crap on TikTok. And that's not what we're here to do. Like, this is real data. You can look it up. We are really bringing this in love. And we, we really think that you are going to have an incredible experience with it. So that's yeah. why we're here doing this. And, and the paintings of Christ, there's hundreds of them with him with a wand or a staff. or I mean, he looks more like Gandalf in some of these things. Than yeah, he does you know this Jesus that we think of with blonde hair and blue eyes? So you shall not not pass. pass. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Man, so, um, yeah, it's it's crazy because when you look at um, even Moses in Pharaoh's courtroom, think about Pharaoh Pharaoh. Oh, Rao. Oh, wow. Uh, there, there's. Yeah, Pharaoh comes from house of God. Pharaoh means house of God. Dude, you got so, the etymology down to a T, man. Like, <laughs> you see things that I never would pick up on. You've got me looking for the word L everywhere, by the way. <laughs> everywhere. Look, like, look, look, look for the word Dan as well. Dan, Dan. Okay, cool, cool. Dan's really important. Like, Adonai, 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 wow. Odinai. Nice, nice. Yes, I love that video you dropped, by the way. That was uh, yeah. very, yeah. very cool. It's all yeah. in the it's all in the names. Um, so wow. Anyways, in in the courtroom of Pharaoh, Moses is standing there between the two um soothsayers or whatever you want to call them. Mm-hmm. And uh Moses uses this rod and he drops it and it turns into a serpent. Well, a lot of people think that it's like a staff. But according to earlier pictures of Jesus, like we were saying, Mm -hmm. it literally shows a wand in his hand. Okay. Mm -hmm. And according to earlier sources like Herodotus, he talks about how the religions of his day did have sticks And what they would do is they would take these sticks and they would pick them up off the ground and they would use magical spells to be casted out of these things. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's great. This Harry Potter stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And what's really interesting about this, Jacob, I don't think I ever touched on this with you, but the 
the timeline we have tells us that Jesus was born between like 4 BC to 2 AD. Okay. But there's a problem with this because according to the Babylonian Talmud, there was a man that lived 45 years earlier in 45 BC that they called Jesus of Pandera. And this Jesus of Pandera is talked about in their Holy script, performing miracles like the Jesus of Nazareth did. Okay. Mm -hmm. They call this man a witch and they say he practiced witchcraft. Mm -hmm. This would explain the reason why he had a wand in his hand. First off. Okay. The earlier pictures, Mm -hmm. but remember how we were talking about how there's good magicians, evil magicians, Mm -hmm. good, good manipulators of frequency, evil ones. Absolutely. This would completely explain that this Jesus, son of Pandera, in the Babylonian Talmud was talking about Jesus. Mm. You see, what happened was, is the Roman Catholic Church, they moved the timeline because in 45 BC, I'm not going to get too deep into this. There was an astrological sign that took place in in the moon and in the stars between Jupiter and Saturn. That's recorded in Assyrian, Babylonian, Chinese uh, wow. archaeological finds mm-hmm. that there was an alignment. And the night it happened, Julius Caesar's son was declared the son of God. Wow. Okay. Okay. It, it goes deeper. And it, this gets into Cleopatra and Julius mm-hmm. Caesar, a bunch of crazy stuff. Yeah. yeah. And everything. I've but, heard the whole theory where Christ was actually the son of Cleopatra and then was given an adoption through like Joseph of Arimathea and that whole thing. And that can get pretty wild if you follow that. Like, but yeah. Oh yeah. Well, well the thing is Jesus's name was Isus. It was right, Isus. Right. Septuagint. Isus is actually known as the son of Isis. Cleopatra was declared the reincarnated Isis. I, I don't want to get into all that. There's a lot of stuff to that. Yeah, but, yeah. But basically what I'm trying to get at is this. We can prove that there was a real historical Jesus mm-hmm. or that ended up living. And according to the Pharisees and Sadducees, he was a magician mm-hmm. or he practiced witchcraft, mm-hmm. which would explain the reason why he had a wand in these earlier depictions of him. Mm-hmm which would explain why Moses and Aaron had rods in their hands or why even in Psalm 23, four, it talks about how the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures mm-hmm. to stand beside me in still waters. He restore up my still. Ye though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall not fear any evil for thy rod and thy staff has comforted me. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. A rod and staff. A rod's different from a staff. Well, you need both. Like, what is he like? Ski poles or what? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So hmm. basically, the thing is this: is that when when you really look at it, um, the rod was concerned with the serpent, and the serpent was concerned with divination. Because an evil serpent was like a python spirit. Then you have the good serpent, which would be like um, 
Jesus being lifted up on the cross. Gotcha. gotcha. Or being wise as a serpent and harmless mm-hmm. as a dove. Very good. Well, it's so. describing the same being with different natures. Okay. And so here, here's where I get that too. I just got done reading Gospel of Mary Magdalene with my community. Yep. And within that gospel, and I know you try to stay with just the Bible, and I totally respect that, but I kind of, it helps me looking in other places. And one thing I noticed is that one of Christ's jobs is that Christ coming into the world, he's bringing good into the world. He is literally dissolving reality back to its roots. So you don't even know all of these trees are entangled. But in the light of Christ, they are dissolved to the roots. And though they may both practice, just like we all have hands, you can use them for evil. You can use them for good. And I think a lot of people in my community want to know, well, isn't isn't magic just bad? Isn't that something we should stay away from? Well, the church said this. Or, well, in Leviticus, it says, do not turn to mediums or necromancers. Do not seek them out. Do not make yourselves unclean by them. Then it says, do not believe every spirit in First John. Then we're in Exodus. You shall not permit a sorceress to live. But who is who is giving these commands? Who is giving this law yep. in that? And And is that something relevant for us today? And I think that's the question everybody has to ask themselves. Like, mm-hmm. we have hands, but as they are all intertangled, where are the roots of those coming from? From the good, which the Gnostic Gospels call it the good, and if you read the regular Gospels, they call it the salvation or the light of the world. Mm-hmm. So there's kind of a it's kind of the same energy there. But um, but I love that idea, and I think that that's really a big thing that we're saying tonight is like that's all serpents, right? It's all hands, it's all roots, it's all. But where is it coming from? Like, does it have venom or does it have love? Yeah, yeah, it, it, exact and. That's what it really comes down to. It all comes down to love. If you're loving it, like Jesus said, everything, everything in this world hangs upon love. Mm -hmm. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, guess what? We are gods. All right? Mm -hmm. 1 Corinthians 12 tells you this. Mm Mm-hmm. The head cannot operate without the foot. You are a part of the body of Christ. If you are a part of the body of Christ, you are a part of the divine being. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. Most people don't realize that. So how can you love the people around you if you don't love yourself first? And what you just said is exactly why Eastern mystics can wake up and say, I am God. It's not that they're saying they are better than anyone. It's that they've finally reached that unity and they realize they're a part of God. Exactly. That's a whole different level, guys. And and I've even had experiences in my life. There was one I was driving to go play Frisbee golf one night with my buddy Jacob. And uh, I just had this these chills come over me. And I just realized that like the work Christ did is the work I'm doing. And I am an extension of him. And I am one with him. And I even felt like him in the moment, not like, oh, look at me, I'm the savior, but just like this unity. And I've never felt that before. I've never felt that under the law that I was trying to follow. And so I think that, you know, especially the Eastern mysticism, we've got to think like Christ really was pretty mystic. And that's and I'm a mystic person anyway. Yeah. But man, he, you know, just look at his words. That's why it was so transformative for me. If you guys want to believe in magic, just read the Gospels. Those are the things that have not been altered. Those are the words of Christ. You can go to those. 
and you're going to find that magic. You guys want the magic, right? I want the magic. I want the magic. I want the magic. So <laughs> absolutely. I'm just saying that's, that's where it's at. So, um, yeah, yeah, man, this is, uh, this is good guys. Um, we'll probably take questions here at the end, but one of the things I wanted to ask you is how do you, and this is a good question because on my channel, I teach a lot without Paul's theology. Right. Be because right. it's been used against me so much and I see basically a new law being born out of it. Now, you have a deep understanding and experience with it. So I'd love for you to talk about this magic in context of like the church in Acts. What was really going on there with the Gnostics and the early church? Kind of shed a little light on that because that really ties into this whole narrative, I think. All right. The first Christians were knowledge seekers. They were. There's terms in the Gnostic Gospels and the Nag Hammadi that are not used in the Bibles that we have today. Mm-hmm. Terms like pleroma, mm-hmm. archons, and different forms of these mm-hmm. things that are going on, okay? With principalities and higher rulers in different places. First off, the word pleroma is used in the Gospel of John. It's the word ju- uh, uh, fullness. Fullness. The word archon is used by Paul in the in uh, his writings in Ephesians six twelve. He talks about okay, okay, how we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Ah, and even in Ephesians two fourteen, it talks about how um, the prince of darkness has actually led the sons of disobedience. So Paul was a Gnostic. He was a truth seeker. He wanted knowledge. He wanted revelation. Hmm. Okay. Paul used these terms. The early church even knew who Yahweh was. Because even the Apostle John says that in the Father there is no darkness at all. But on Mount Sinai... You have Yahweh coming down on thick clouds of darkness. Smoke and darkness. He even says, Yahweh says, I bring forth blessings from dark places. Why would he bring, what, like, I found that in the Old Testament the other day. I meant to text that to you. What? From, I don't want a blessing from a dark place. You guys are worried about doing magic here. You're worried about laying hands on people and healing them. You're worried yeah. about wielding frequencies. What if I contact a demon or whatever? You really want dark blessings from dark places? Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is the clincher. Okay. And I don't even have to get into the 300 scriptures that explain how Yahweh is this different entity. I could just use this one right here. Okay. When Jesus was taken up to the mountain and shown all the kingdoms of the world by Satan, or the devil, because Satan means adversary and there's multiple Satans. Mm-hmm. The devil offered Jesus all the kingdoms of the world. He showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you bow down before me, I will give you all these kingdoms. Well, if the devil had authority over all the kingdoms of the world, and he wanted Jesus to bow down before him, Mm -hmm. then excuse my French, what the hell was going on in the book of Ezra? When Yahweh tells Cyrus that I'm going to give you all the kingdoms of the earth. Guys, 
if that's not enough right there, then I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. But the Gnostics were right. This is why they were killed. This is why they were destroyed. In the early church, when it came between a vote of um, Irenaeus and Valentinus, they were so close in their vote that they were only like three votes away from picking Valentinus that they actually conspired. The Roman Empire conspired with Constantine to actually take over Irenaeus's view on things, which was more of a external view, not esoteric. Valentinus mm-hmm. was a Gnostic. Mm-hmm. But let's put it this way. If the entire empire of Rome was willing to almost side completely with Valentinus, and then it was taken over by Irenaeus. What does that say about the views of Christianity back in those days? Mm-hmm. They're much, much more in tune with Gnostic thought than people think. And even the words of Jesus are more in tune with Gnostic mm-hmm. thought. The Gospel of John, the first chapter, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That is a proto-Gnostic prologue. All right. That guys, that's wow. exactly the way the Nag Hammadi sets itself up. Mm-hmm, Talking about mm-hmm. the pleroma. Yeah. As it talks about Jesus is in the fullness of God. Absolutely. Okay. So it's it's amazing. Yeah. Early church was Gnostic. And so. if you guys want to really freak yourself out, go read through the Nag Hammadi library. It's on gnosis.org, G-N-O-S-I-S.org. Um, it's something that I've really dove into amongst other texts. But again, and and Joshua and I were talking earlier today, it's all saying the same thing. You know, this is the things that Christ spoke of. You know, he said, if you love me, do that, uh, do that, which I say, which I have commanded you. And so how many people are quick to call him savior, but they don't even think about the words he said. Everybody wants the savior. Nobody wants to be be in the Christ and do the things that he actually said and actually practice that level of spirituality. Paul also made it clear that um, the lack of knowledge is ignorance. You're in darkness with, with a lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. That word knowledge is gnosis. Mm-hmm. So Paul was saying you're in darkness without gnosis. Mm. You see, because... Like I said earlier in John 17, 3, Jesus said that they may know thee, Father, and the only true God, Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. And it's, it's amazing how people can try to flip the script, but how can you get past these words that were spoken by Jesus' apostles and by the Lord Jesus himself? So. And uh, on that note, just following that, you guys that you, you study along with me every day here, we do two podcasts on my podcast every day. Um, and there's a lot, there's a lot that I, I pour out every day. And there's a lot that Joshua pours out. Some of your podcasts are multi-hour. I mean, you, you just, you throw <laughs> down like, <laughs> um, yeah. but you know, go look this stuff up for yourself. One of the best resources I've found is if you go over to uh, BibleGateway.com and then do the drop-down menu as you're reading through the Old Testament, use the World English Bible, and it's going to give you Yahweh where Yahweh is due. It's going to give you Elohim where the Most High God is due. Um, And so that's going to really help, especially if you're in Genesis 1, (laughs) then Genesis 2, and um, 
I've even got this document I've been working on just to follow up with what Joshua was saying. I think you have 300 something verses on file. I've got maybe 30 so far, but um, you know, first Kings eight twelve. then Solomon said, Yahweh has said that he would dwell in thick darkness. First John yep. one, five, this is the message which you have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him, there is no darkness at all. Yep. Again, that's the only verse you really need right there, but then it just goes on and on and on and on. And why, when Christ said, no man has stood before the Father, no man has spoken with God, no man has seen God, however you want to translate that, but then it talks about how Moses stood before Yahweh as a man stands before him. Mm-hmm. How did Adam walk in the cool of the day with God physically in the garden? If you take that back to the idea of, I heard that theory about the planet Nibiru, Yep. being a cool planet. And so you get almost this extraterrestrial. You know I talk a lot about that on my channel. I well, try not to do too much of that. but Well, yeah. also, the Sumerian tablet, the Bible literally ripped it out of the Sumerian tablets about walking in the cool of the day. That oh, was the, okay, gotcha. That straight from the Sumerian tablets. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. let's uh. put it this way. And... What's really interesting about this, I just said that John 1 is a Gnostic um, chapter. We just said that in the Father is no darkness at all. Mm -hmm. Yahweh has darkness. Mm -hmm. Well, if you go to John chapter 1 verse 5, go ahead and pull up John chapter 1 verse 5. Yeah. Check this out, man. This This is unbelievable. And most people don't never see it. I'm slow at typing here. My computer keeps logging off my internet. Sorry. It's been one of those days. Ghost in the machine, guys. I'm telling you, the matrix always shakes up when you're you're dropping some of this stuff. (laughs) Light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. So, and the light shineth in the darkness. This is the King James. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Yeah, I was going to say that's the footnote here. Yeah. Yep. So... What couldn't is that even couldn't even figure it out? Couldn't even decipher it. Could not it couldn't figure it, it out, couldn't decipher it, it couldn't extinguish it. Yep. Because Yahweh was that darkness that the light came into the world. Jesus, that light to extinguish that darkness. Here's magic for you for everybody listening right here. Okay. I talk about the word of God is the product of the divine father and the divine mother coming together in the frequency of love and bearing the son, the word, the logos. Logos means in Greek, the divine expression or the computation of God. Yep. Now here's where I get this from. I love this idea that the darkness cannot comprehend it. It cannot compute it. When you introduce the logos within you into the physical matrix Darkness can't even compute it. You write a brand new computer code in the simulation. You begin to become magic to most people. Amen, brother. <laughs> it's all good. right there. That's good. You become Getting downloads. The, boom, boom, boom. You you become the Christ. Yes. Because you start to realize when Jesus was talking that you are just as much a part of the story as he was. Because he said the works that I do you'll be able to do greater works. Yes. Yes. Mm. I hope you guys are feeling it. We'll get to some questions here in a second, but this is good. This is good. Oh man. We, we could go through the whole y'all y'all go watch Josh's videos. 
Um, he's got some incredible content. And if anyone's watching me on his channel later, I invite you to come watch mine. I've got a whole Y'all to Bayoth series as well. Absolutely. Uh, looking at the Demiurge and all of that type of stuff. And just giving you, I go through all of the 30 different verses that I have on file here. I know, Joshua, you do that as well. Um, yep. Some yep. of it's just like, how do you even, how do you even argue with it? I mean, this one where Yahweh <laughs> comes down and licks up the sacrifice. The fire of Yahweh fell and consumed the burnt offering, the wood and the stones and the dust, and licked up the water that was in the trench. And the people saw it. They fell on their faces. They said, Yahweh, he is God. Yahweh, he is God. Well, that's a convenient thing to do. You do an act like that, and an archaic people goes, oh, my gosh, that is God. Let's worship him. And then yep. in Matthew nine thirteen, it says, on hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a sick doctor, but the sick, or who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not called to come to call the righteous, but sinners. And then you look at First Kings, and he's talking about calling righteousness. I require righteousness, righteousness, righteousness. Like it's it's all, yep. it's all there. And then I shared with yep. you. I'll drop this too, and then uh, we'll we'll wrap this up and get your your final thoughts on this. But about yep. the wine, I was reading through. I'm doing an esoteric reading of the Gospel of John on Sunday mornings now. And we did the parable of the wine on Sunday. And I was praying on this, like, God, what does this mean? What's the true esoteric meaning of this? Well, I did a quick search for wine in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. And anytime wine is associated with Yahweh, it is the wine of wrath. It is a bitter drink. It is a foaming cup of wine poured out in wrath. Yep. But then, and at the the wedding feast at Cana, the bridegroom says, "What is this? You have brought the good wine now after everyone's already drunk. Normally, you bring the good wine first, and then the the bitter wine is what he said, the poor wine. Well, if you cross reference that, Yahweh brought the good wine in the garden. He put the perfect paradise, the perfect prison, and then when the knowledge came, okay, fine. Now I'm going to pour out my wrath. Yep." Exactly. That blew my mind when you said that, when you told that to me earlier. Guys, I'm telling you what, we can all learn from each other. We all mm -hmm. have pieces of this puzzle yep. and we're all coming together. If there's yep. any of you out there that are starting to see these things, you need to get out there and you need to start putting this up. Yeah. Okay. The yeah. people need to hear this. Take, we have take notes, write it down on your own notebook. <laughs> yeah. just do a mind dump. Like, I mean, you're going to feel crazy for a minute. I promise you. And your family and friends may tell you you're crazy, but like go through it, work through it, like work out your faith. That's yep. your, you know, you don't just have to buy into what you were taught as a kid because, you know, if you're seeing it, keep, keep going on that path. The path is narrow because nobody wants to go through their own BS to find that authentic reality within that kingdom of God within you. Amen, brother. So, Amen. Jesus said, seek it. Seek and ye shall find. What are your final thoughts on this, Joshua? Anything you want to like, kind of leave with people? Any verses we left <clears throat> out? Anything? Yeah, yeah. So I, I just want to let everyone out there know that I know a lot of the stuff that um, we put out there, we're putting by memory and we're putting by basically subconscious downloads. But I do want to let you guys know that I'm making some PowerPoint presentations. I'm going to make like two hour PowerPoint presentations for a lot of this material. 
and put archaeological and historical data together to show you that this is truly, this is it. All right. There, there's more. I'm sure there's more to this. But I'm telling you yeah. what, once you can get around the fact that Yahweh is Satan and that everything is a lie, then I, half the battle is already won. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, your Bible makes sense again. You guys that say, well, the Bible's out of order. I don't understand it. Well, I don't understand how God could do this. Well, what about all the two million plus unalivings in the Old Testament? You know, what about this? And I mean, even as I'm looking through magic over here, like almost every time magic or any type of derivative of magic is mentioned in the Old Testament, who's given that command? Again, ask yourself, like, what's the point of reference? And, and man, it just changes. It flips the whole script. It flips the scripture is what it does. It sure it does. makes sense now. It all makes sense. It all comes together. And guess what? The thing is, this is the only way we're getting out of here. All right. This is it. Yeah. And guess what? When the man of sin comes, he's going to tell you that he's God. But this is how you know the difference that we are gods. And when he comes, he's going to be a fraud because he's not a part of the vine. Very he's good. not a part of the vine, you guys. Very good. He's not yeah. a part of Christ. He's not a yeah. part of Jesus. Jesus was not just an allegory. Mm-hmm. He's not just. Someone that didn't come in the flesh. Mm-hmm. He is someone that came in the flesh to lay down the first building stone because he is that cornerstone so that, so that we may build on top of it through abiding in him. That's what makes us God. All right. So Absolutely. don't ever get it twisted. Well, and I think that we got a lot of people on here that ask about Antichrist and he's going to look like Christ. Like, Yep. It, it's not it's not somebody you can look at now and go, oh, I think they're the Antichrist. People have been trying to do that forever. Like they're going to look like the savior on the cloud, like everybody's expecting. Yep. But those who know are going to know. And by the way, literally just saying that we got a warning for information about the U.S. midterm election to be careful talking about that with learn more, learn the facts here. This is up on the bottom of my screen now. <laughs> so TikTok. We're not talking about the elections here. We're talking about Jesus. So No, no, no election. <laughs> Their algorithms are all over us, man. All right. The, so. the, the disciples weren't concerned with politics. No, all right? no. They were in Rome, but yeah. they could care less about politics. Yeah. Jesus Christ laid down his entire kingdom to get away from everything so that yep. he realized where the real kingdom lied. Yeah. All right. We'll talk about that someday, yeah, about Caesar, yeah. Cleopatra, and all that. I don't think this will be our last collab, man. This this is fun. I think there, there's good coming out of this. I do have a good question. Annie Logan asks, do you do a Bible study collaboratively or just go on it alone for this type of understanding? So what? how do you approach that? Do you have a, a group locally that you kind of break bread with around this, or is this largely in your own <laughs> private time? You know, I put out a video once a week on Saturdays or Sundays, about an hour and a half video mm-hmm. talking about this. Um, like I said, I want to do more PowerPoint presentations. I just feel like, especially all the content being placed into one video, everything, it's a lot of stuff to mm-hmm. download. So it's always good maybe to go back two or three times to take notes mm-hmm. and listen mm-hmm. to it because 
I, I don't even know what I'm saying sometimes. It's just I, coming out. I know. Yeah. So I don't remember when you get, I mean, you do as many live streams as we do and you get to the end of it. You don't remember what you talked about, much less what to title it when you're done. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm thinking about, you know, I, I want to grow the community. I really do. I want to have more brothers and sisters in Christ Yeah. that, but the thing is we have to build a foundation stone because there's some people on here that might stick with it for a little bit, mm-hmm. but then mm-hmm. they're going to fall away from it. Yeah. And then they're going to have this following where they're going to teach the Roman Catholic doctrine. Exactly. So yeah. I'm kind of hesitant on that yeah. because this is new to all of us. Yeah. And, and Annie, to answer your question, it's going to be really hard to find someone locally anywhere in the world that vibes with this. I mean, Joshua and I are one of, I can count about five creators on TikTok that are sharing this authentically from a place of experience. Yeah. And, and you're looking at two of them right here, and there's probably more, but it's going to be very hard to just like find a local church group to sit down with this because they're going to go you are blaspheming. This is heretical. This is, you know, and it's just, you're just going to have to deal with it, unfortunately. And so I always tell people like, you don't have to drop out of church or any type of religious system, but just, you know, where is the Lord? When you go and pray to the Lord, go in your closet, go in private where he is, your father is in private, go to him, have that private prayer time, read, you know, I do it in bed every night and there's some downloads that come that way. And when you sleep on it, I think that's one of the best ways, like your subconscious can process it easier than like consciously trying to say, I'm looking for this thing. If you just meditate on it, truly meditate on it, it really, really helps. So, um, but you have a group, you have a Facebook group. I don't know if that's public or not. Um, but I have a public Facebook group as well around discussion for my podcast. So anybody that wants to discuss this more, there's multiple places like that within a larger community online. You, so. you got about 200,000 people. On <laughs> we do. Thank you guys, by the way. Thank you that are watching. I'm, I'm blown away at the amount That's- of love we've gotten on this. I mean, we're at between all the platforms, we're about to tip over 500,000. I'm just, it's, That's- and then the podcast is growing and we're going to do some cool stuff. I'm going to be traveling up there and doing like stuff with Joshua, like conferences or something before it's all said and done. Cause this is absolutely, this is going places. And this is what I've been working towards my whole life. And God just had to really strip away everything. And it wasn't when God strips stuff out of your life, that's the magic guys removing. You said this the other day, the transmigration of the soul, removing or adding stones to that river and you're directing the flow of it. And like, there's this whole Eastern principle about karma. It's like you're either adding karma or burning karma. And like, as you pull stones out of the river, that flow moves into new places. As you add stones, it's going to redirect it. And so like, as he prunes things out of your life, it's so you can bear more fruit. It's so maybe you can step in like with me, maybe that job wasn't the thing. Maybe that house wasn't the thing. Maybe all of these things, maybe you do have to go home, sell it all, pick up your cross and follow him. Like it's hard, you know, this is not easy guys. So I don't think either of us are here to tell you like, this is amazing. We just woke up and, and everything is butterflies now. Like it's, uh, I will tell you that's a sign from experience of like serendipity, um, synchronicities 
you start stepping into that Christ frequency, like you're really, really working with him and, and getting these understandings and downloads, um, and you've been willing to let go of things and really approach it authentically, um, you start to see weird stuff like the matrix, like working all of these weird little <laughs> things together, connections you never thought. And I mean, even I always thought it was the goofiest thing to see like numbers on a clock that were, you know, palindrome numbers, same forward and same back. And literally stuff like that. I cannot look at a clock without it being a palindrome number now. Like that, and there's no explanation for that. Why would I consciously go, oh, it's 1111 right now. Like there, there's no reason for that other than just flow. It's that river that's flowing. Well, have you, let's, okay. I, I just want to say this last part. Yeah, please. Have you ever prayed before and you lost track of time? Oh yeah. Yeah. Because when you're praying, there's no, there's no concept of time. Yeah. Because time is outside of God mm -hmm. and I can prove it to you that Satan is the God of this time. Okay. Because if you go back to Matthew four and Luke four, when Jesus was being tempted in the wilderness on top of the mountain, mm -hmm. it doesn't just say that Satan tempted to give Jesus all the kingdoms of the world. It says he tempted him to give him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Whoa. Oh my gosh. Wow. Because Satan was the representation of Kronos in the Greek mythology. It, there's, it's crazy, man, wow, but dude. he's Kronos. He's Father Time. And hey, I, wanna, I gotta take this further now. I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson talking like three days ago. Crazy you mentioned this. He said that they're starting to figure out, and I'm not a scientist, y'all, but he said they're starting to figure out that the closer you approach to the speed of light, that you're moving in synchronicity with light, that time doesn't exist. He said, doesn't not that it doesn't appear to exist. It literally does not exist. And that even the speed of light time is not even real. Cause if you were to actually travel at that speed, you would transcend time. It would be transcendental meditation. You're completely in unity with all things in the universe, just moving at that flow. And Christ is light. God is light. His father is in light. Yahweh is in darkness and time is satan dude that's wow <laughs> it wow. gets it gets crazier because in in the greek mythology story it talks about how zeus actually comes into time he goes into his father cronus's stomach and rips his children out he saves his children because Kronos is that satan who is the god of this world and zeus is jesus and this is why in the Septuagint, it talks about how the name for God was Theos. And it right, stems from right. Zeus. Yeah, it, yeah Zeus. Because even in the Synoptic Gospels, if you look up the Greek, when Jesus is talking about his father, he says Theos, 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 over and over. Like, it's still there if you get a Bible hub. Yep, And I looked that up and I'm like, I've never heard this before. And and a lot of Bible scholars will explain that as, well, it's just a different language. They're just describing the same God. Well, then <laughs> just look at the character of that God. And either we serve a completely bipolar God or I think we're on the right track here. Yeah. Yeah. Amen, brother. Amen. So, it's all about love, you guys. Amen. Amen. Love.
Um, any questions, comments, prayer concerns before we jump off? Thank you for doing this, Joshua. Um, this is awesome. Thank you for man. Me. Love, Thank love you, that bro. we can do this. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Um, I don't see any questions. Do you have any questions in your feed? I have a lot of mind blown, mind blown. Yay, yes, awesome, love this. Thank you, guys, <laughs> by the way. Let's see in the matrix. Oh, someone said when I received, oh, Wumpus. What's going on, Wumpus? When I received the Holy Spirit and water fasted for 11 days, I experienced seeing the matrix code. Yeah, because this world's literally wow. a simulation. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's see. Oh, um, I can see how Christ has been born in us. Any book recommendations? You know, there's not really too many books I can recommend. I would stick with maybe the Nag Hammadi and the Gospels and um, read these ancient books, okay? Ask the Lord. You see, like Jacob introduced me with earlier. The Bible is the Rosetta Stone of everything. So if you understand the words of Christ, you're going to understand all these other ancient books as well. And everything's going to come together. Um, is, is the God of the Old Testament the same as Jesus Christ of Nazareth? No. There's two different gods in the Old Testament. You have El Elyon and Yahweh. Mm-hmm. Um, Abraham was visited by Melchizedek, the priest of the Most High God, El Elyon. Whereas in the next chapter, as a counterfeit in Genesis 15, Yahweh comes along to Abraham and asks for an animal sacrifice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The father never wanted animal sacrifice. And you said the other day on your Odin video that Jesus never ate meat, and I never caught that. And he even released the, the sacrifices in the temple. Like he saw... I'm reading the Gita right now and God in all in this. It even talks about all creatures. Like when you see God in all creatures Mm -hmm. that you're attaining that higher level of knowing because you're seeing it in everything and you can see that sense in Christ. I'm not saying it's the exact same, but it's so similar that it bears reading in my opinion on my end. So um, that he definitely like saw the divinity in, in animals and like, we were given authority over them, not just to slaughter them and give them away as a sacrifice. So pretty wild. It is, man. It's, yeah. it's absolutely amazing when we start to piece these things together. Um, yeah. It all goes back to the Sumerian tablets when you really look at it. Um, um, you're a, you're a Heiser uh, student, aren't you? I mean, I, as much as I am, like you've, you've done his books and, and some of his yep. studies, uh, Dr. Michael Heiser for anyone, yep. we definitely don't agree on everything that Heiser talks about. Heiser's not on the Yahweh L train yet. I think he will be, but, um, I do. I but do. He, he introduced me to the whole idea of reversing Herman. And if you guys really want to like rewind all of this all of the mythologies because this is all in all the mythologies like i think when we try to separate them all all we do is separate separate ourselves from the truth and if you see it in all of these stories then you understand what the the real narrative is behind this and the idea of reversing herman is that christ actually put his hand uh, up to the gates of mount herman and he was reversing what the watchers did the original sin was the watchers mutating our genetic makeup not the uh the original sin that we've all kind of grown up with that was popular yep. so 
Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I believe Heiser will be on board with this one day. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's, it might take him a little bit, but he's, he's a scholar. I I think he'll He'll, catch it. Yeah. And, and I don't know that he has any, um, any type of bias he necessarily has to hold on to. Like, I don't think he has any funding that's like tied with him having a certain narrative. So I can't imagine that he won't just run into it eventually and go, wait a minute. Like, I feel like he's very authentic that way is what I'm saying. So, so definitely he's someone to look for as far as somebody asks about what books to read. Um, Reversing Herman will, will really, really open your mind for sure. The, the supernatural realm as well. Um, Yeah. Yeah. One thing, one thing I do plan on doing, I do plan on writing a book. Good. Uh, Good. It's going to be almost like the style of Michael Heiser's books. Awesome. But so good at that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That would be so, awesome. <clears throat> yeah. We, we need to get this out there. I don't plan on it being at Barnes and Noble or anything. Cause uh, <laughs> who needs that when you got Amazon, man, my book's on Amazon and it, it sells every day. So it, it, it's totally doable, man. Like it's, it's pretty cool. Do it, that's, man. That's awesome, Just man. get it out there and then work on your second one, man. Like I literally <laughs> wrote mine. I started at Thanksgiving in 2020 and it was, it hit Amazon by Christmas. That's how. Really? Wow. Yeah. And I've, my next one actually will be out after Thanksgiving again this year. I just, I'm writing a meditation manual based on everything we're talking about. It's called uh, uh, Protopos, the Patterns of the Mind of God. I'll make sure to support so you, man. Pick it up. It'll be pretty cool. So, yeah. But, man, I'd um, love to check out your book, man. Get that, get that manifest into this world. <laughs> we need we'll, it man we need it we'll we'll talk about it more man we'll we'll talk cool. about these things we're we're gonna do more collabs and Absolutely. guys um yeah i think i i have really good feelings about jacob and i working together so thank you my brother god yeah. bless you and thank you father for this evening thank you for everyone on here and just for the synergy going on here um we just love the energy you pour into us every day we love our communities and we're both here authentically just to serve you and bring love back into the world. Thank you for Joshua. Thank you for everyone in my community, everyone in his community, and everyone that's going to mix like water just beautifully as we have both communities uh, share and spread within each other. We thank you for being the vine. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. Brother, do you, do you have a YouTube? I do. I've got, uh, so this will be on YouTube. The restream of this will be on my YouTube. And are you going to put it on your YouTube as well for everybody? Yep. Okay, yep. awesome. So you can check it out on both channels. In fact, go watch it on both channels. Support both channels. Uh, mine, I'm at Cub Cooker, C-U-B-K-U-K-E-R on all platforms. You can find all my social links as well as all my resources at www.cubcooker.com. And Joshua, what's all of your all of your info? Oh man, sons of God Ministries.org. If you want to support the ministry, my PayPal is in the link here on TikTok. Yes. Um, we always work out of grace. We're not under law, not under 10% tithing. It's out of the love of your heart. That's all awesome. there is to it. Awesome. So. Good deal. Well, go support Joshua. Thank you guys for everything. And just this was awesome, guys. So y'all have a beautiful night and uh I will be I'll be talking to you more this week, I'm sure. So Sounds <laughs> <laughs> good, Jacob. All right, man. Y'all have a beautiful night. Thank you guys. All right, brother.